Syrian Christians gather here at a Damascus church for the funeral of four children who died when a rebel mortar hit their school. A relative of one of the victims, Amira Hana, cries as she describes the explosion. We heard from people and we went to the school, running to the school to find out what really took place. All buses were destroyed, completely destroyed, and the blood is on the ground. Anti-government rebels regularly fire mortars and rockets into Damascus. Sometimes they hit military targets. Bishop Armash Nalbandian of the Armenian Orthodox Church criticizes the rebels who intentionally target civilian areas. I cannot understand what kind of vision, what kind of uh, ideology they have. But one, I, I do know that don't, they don't pursue uh, uh, freedom or democracy as they say. They are actually criminals. What they are doing, they are, it is not against the government, but it's against uh, humanity. I, I can, I'm speechless. Human rights groups say the government also indiscriminately shells rebel-held neighborhoods. In fact, all of Damascus reverberates with the sounds of Syrian army artillery fire and high-powered rifle shots. Nevertheless, the Syrian government maintains it's winning the war. Syria's Minister of Justice, Najim al-Ahmad, says the country's major cities are nearly all back in the government camp after more than a year of being under rebel control. In Damascus, he said there's no incidents, but in some of the areas, some pockets in the rural Damascus, there are some bombardments. And they focus on some areas for bombardment of the Christian minority. The Syrian army achieving large progress in all the areas of the country. An estimated 3 million Syrians have left the country, including tens of thousands of Christians. For Bishop Nalbandian, who is of Armenian ancestry, the refugee upsurge reflects a personal tragedy. Armenians fled Turkey in 1915 after a genocidal attack by the Ottoman army. They came as refugees to uh, Syria, and they created their life, schools, churches, etc., etc. And after, let's say, 95 years, now we are suffering a new genocide. It is more difficult for us to carry uh, this cross. When the Syrian uprising began in 2011, many Christians felt caught between a repressive government and fear of extremist rebels who see Christians as infidels. Bishop Nalbandian says in the first few months, the government could have made significant reforms. Maybe we, we could start with the goal to um, freedom and uh, democracy. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, government lost this moment or couldn't or didn't uh, uh, use this moment. The government did some reforms according to the constitution, but actually it's not enough. The government lifted the formal state of emergency, for example, but continued repressive policies. Christians were also offended that the country's constitution mandates the president be a Muslim. As the extremist groups gained influence, however, Christians threw their support behind the government. Nalbandian says many Christians now see Syrian President Bashar al-Assad as a protector. The guarantee of security of the minorities, let's say my church, is to have good, functional government. 
a strong government. Um, and this security we had experienced and we saw in the government of uh, Bashar al-Assad. The killing of innocent children and the refugee exodus has taken a psychological toll on Syrian Christians and on the personal faith of Bishop Nabandian. I don't know if I am sad, if I am tired, if I am exhausted, I don't know. I'm a clergyman and I think I gain my power, my energy from prayer. How? I don't know. Why? I don't know. But I have this strength. Bishop Nalbandian says he and other Christians will survive as they have many other crises before. For DW, Amri Serlik in Damascus, Syria. This radio report was produced with support from the Pulitzer Center on Crisis Reporting.